Hi, Avery's here. Just popping in at the top of the episode to explain a little bit about what's going on with this episode. We had quite a few audio and technology issues, unfortunately. We literally got a new laptop and a new microphone the following week. So, we sound pretty bad in this episode, I'm not even going to lie to you. I sound like I'm talking through a tin can. Melissa occasionally sounds a little too loud because I was trying to pump everything up so that I would be actually audible. So we apologize and we really appreciate you guys being patient while we're learning the ropes of podcasting and transitioning our recording space and all sorts of great stuff. Hopefully after this episode, we won't be facing so many issues and we can deliver you lots of really great stuff that are nice to your ears and fun to listen to. So thank you guys so much. Happy 2024, y'all. Congratulations on making it through. We all we all did it together. We pulled together and we made it through uh, another year. <laughs> I should I should let you listen to the episode. It's just so nice to spend time together, you know. So, anyways, don't tell Alyssa. I I love you guys. Bye bye. Welcome to Sip Boy, a podcast where we watch Inuyasha, one episode at a time and spoiler free. My name's Alyssa. And my name is Avery. Alyssa's seen this anime a, m- a million times, somewhere in there. And I have seen four episodes. But several times now. Four episodes. Yeah, I have seen episode four. Four times now? Yeah. Yeah. Episode four is called Yura of the Demon Hair. This episode was originally released in Japan on November 6, 2000, and in English on September 21st, 2002. This episode contains the end of Chapter 7 and Chapter 8 of Volume 1, and the first three chapters of Volume 2. So split up. I know. And once again, the very last panel of Chapter 3 is not included if it continues in the next episode. <laughs> That's just... I feel like they're trying now to, to, to annoy me. Me personally. They're just trying to... Trying to lead you into the story. Yeah, I get it. It's like a conveyor belt. They want to catch you moving forward, but like... They only wow. have 22 minutes. Yeah. I go. I go. I get it. I get it. You go. I go. <laughs> I know. Mm. I get it. I think this episode fucks. Like, I was really into this episode. Yes. It, for some reason, I don't know why it is the same amount of time, but it feels longer and, like, it covers more. Yeah. And yet we're really only in maybe three different locations yeah. the entire time. I think that's why it feels so much longer is because they... Uh, but not in a bad way. It's not dragging at all. Right. It feels more f- flushed out. Yeah. Like, it feels fuller. It feels more well-lived. Mm-hmm. Um Demo. Like so far, I mean, I've seen four episodes, but of the four, like this felt really lived in. I think the it, it owes to the fact that a lot of it was in one battle with one character, 
and we got to spend some time with her. Mm -hmm. Also, she's amazing. Mm -hmm. I am obsessed with her, and I'm, I, I, she's my dummy mommy, and I love her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, I'm not interested in that that much, but like, dummy mommy, yes please, thank you. She's a tightrope walker. She is. I mean, I don't have a thing for feet, but. She wouldn't step on my face, she would step on the tip of my nose. Yeah. And crush it. <laughs> episode begins mm -hmm. with the last episode and the one before that the recap wasn't that bad it wasn't that bad but like it was like, funny because like for the first like five minutes of this 20 minute show was like various recap yes they are pretty good at incorporating it in with the rest of the plot so Which it's I like flashback scenes right so the first three scenes are actual flashback and then they start and then the rest of it is incorporated. Mm -hmm. yep. So, Yeah, which is creative and I do appreciate that. But it was kind of one of those moments where I was like, oh, I don't have to watch this. <laughs> I've already seen this. Yeah. But they, they do a recap of what has been happening. And then we find out that Kagome is home. Mm -hmm. uh, Mom and Grandpa are discussing if Kagome's story is true. Why would she lie about it? I don't know. Like, I, I hate this trope in fiction where it's like, that can't be true. So I just don't believe you. And it's like, okay, even if that's true, your teenage daughter disappeared for three days and showed up in period medieval clothing? You gotta approach it with some, some tact. Yeah. I mean, mom did not say that to Kagome. Sure. She asked her dad if he thought... That was true. That's true. Mom is inclined to not believe uh, Kagome's story, and Sota, bless his heart, uh, stands up for her. And Grandpa says that there's a legend that backs it up that mm -hmm. my beautiful wife, um, you know, exists there and has been eating corpses for centuries. So, is that how you interpreted that? Isn't that what? No. No, that's a really cool interpretation. He's saying that the legend is that any time a demon a demon's corpse or body is placed in there it magically disappears that's just the point of the bone eater's well mm -hmm. um it eats the bones mm -hmm. but uh they do incorporate the image of mistress centipede from the previous episode because that's how we recognize it right but he he himself comes up with the theory that it must be like he says a time dimension. Time continuum. I, yeah, I wrote down time vortex. Yes. So it's like, instead of those corpses just disappearing, they were actually pulled through time into a different era. Right. Grandpa shoots down to the well and nails it shut and puts uh, prayer stickers. Oracles? Yeah. For one of the, the translations? Sub. Yeah, in the sub. But... The one I was watching earlier called them charms, and I sometimes have heard them as talismans. Mm. And in the manga, they're actually referred to as spell scrolls. Yeah, I think they're also... Or just seals. Yeah, prayer seals, mm -hmm. I think is what they're called. But yeah, basically just like stickers that have some kind of blessing written on them. Mm -hmm. um, and he said spirit wards, that's the word, spirit wards. Yeah. Um... And that 100% the, the will is closed and nothing's ever getting through. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Never. 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 Ever. ever. Not even in two minutes. Not once. Mm-hmm. Not even Flash once. In, 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 but... Say his name. Inuyasha. There! Thank you. Alice has been giving me shit about the way I say Inuyasha, which has been wrong, and I understand that, and I didn't realize it until I heard myself say it about 50 times over the last couple episodes. Uh, So, sorry, guys. She's working on it. Working on it. I was trying to be... We're all on our own growth journeys. We've never done this before. No. Also, I was brought up as a tween watching this show, and we said Inuyasha, and I don't know why. It's Inuyasha. It is. That's a why. If we'd gone with that, the, the other idea that we had for mm. this podcast, Inuyasha, yeah. then it would have made more sense. That's what Nick keeps saying, <laughs> and he wants to write a comment somewhere saying, you guys should have just called it Inuyasha. <laughs> We really should have. <laughs> Just to make, make me miserable, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Our boy is sniffing and sniffing mm-hmm. outside the well. And he sees her clothes. And he figures out that she must have jumped down. Absolutely. Or must have gotten her way home. And the only way she could have gotten home was through this well. And he jumps. He jumps. I love him for that. <laughs> Little flying Little raccoon. Little, uh... You and the feet. <laughs> <laughs> They're little. They're cute. Yeah, okay. We go to Kagome's bedroom where she's looking so cute in a little green sweater and a black skirt with little geometric pattern on mm-hmm. it. Like, it's such a fit and I love it. Um, I had to cut this out of the first episode, by the way, because I screwed it up. But in the first episode, she wears a little sweater with little bows on it. And mm-hmm. it's just so cute. Like, her clothes so far, like non-school uniform clothes mm-hmm. are just uh, adorable. Yeah. I'm very excited about this. There's a picture I have somewhere in my scroll on my phone that has all the different outfits that Kagome wears from the manga. And it's like 30 or 40. That's awesome. So you do get to see an array when she is home. Kagome's uh, talking to herself about who is Yura, what is Yura... What is she going to do? She has the jewel. What's Inuyasha going to say when he finds out that she has the shard? And then she realizes Inuyasha's not going to care because he doesn't need her. Yeah, I wrote Kagome thinking about what a bitch Inuyasha is. <laughs> Inuyasha, goddammit. Yeah. Um, the kitty is so goddamn cuddly looking. Booyo. Booyo is so cute. Yes. He He's so squishy. He missed her. He will not get off of her. Aww. He won't let her have an inch, and I love that for mm-hmm. for him. She goes, yeah, chapter closed, nothing happened, it was just a fairy tale, and everything's good now, mm-hmm. and nothing ever is going to happen ever again. I'm just going to close my eyes and pretend it was a dream. Yes. Mm-hmm. She jumps off the bed, and the cat goes, <laughs> <laughs> It's a good noise. It's really good. Thank you, Richard Cox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sota and Grandpa are talking about how good or well he sealed up the well once more. If there's one thing I know, it's spirits. Mm-hmm. And in the manga, he actually says, I sealed it with powerful scrolls in all the heavens and hells. There lives no demon, ghost, or monster who can break through these shields. 
and shows his entire ass. Yeah. <laughs> because, well, we'll get there. Yeah. I was really proud of myself, by the way, because mm-hmm. the hot pot came on. I was like, oh, hot pot. And I was yeah. like, wait, is this hot pot? And then she goes, hot pot. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the manga it says udon, but I think they're similar. Can udon be in a I pot? Think, yes. Okay. I'm pretty sure udon is can be a recipe, or an ingredient in hot pot. Because Sota be definitely though. was eating something noodley. Yes, right. And like I think in in the sub when she's like when she's chanting, I think she's saying miso, 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 miso. Maybe I wasn't listening that hard, but that's what it sounded like to me. Yeah, which would also be, be an uh, yeah in hot pot. I think hot pot is like stir fry, yep. or it's like. Yeah, it could be just, like, whatever you want in there. It's mm-hmm. more about the technique. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like both of her little chanty songs over Grandpa's. Food, 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 food. Real food, real food, real food, food, food. <laughs> yeah, in the manga, it's just udon, 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 udon. <laughs> so cute. So the bit continues in every fir- version. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Just slightly different. They start eating, and Amy Walsh is just there. Thump, 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 thump. <laughs> He's just there. And I love that. Like, he looks such a, like, so out of place. Mm-hmm. Like, Kagome never looked that out of place in no. the times. And it just, it makes me so happy. Amy Walsh completely destroyed Grandpa's wards, and we get our second. <laughs> in the manga, when he shows up and opens the door, the ward, instead of being, like, obscured and then Inuyasha pulls it out, it's sticking out of his hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he just That's went, really boom, good. and it just, like, fell into his hair as he was coming through. That's a great guy. He I had no time. Because that. that's hilarious. And then he does. He pulls it out, and he's like, you mean this? <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing. I... So many visual gags, mm-hmm. and I feel like there'll be more that it's like, that wouldn't have been hard to animate. Why didn't they just keep that? That's nah. funny. I don't know. It's fine. Probably too busy or something. Mm-hmm. Too many things to move. Um, he says you gotta go back. Mm-hmm. And he starts just yanking on her ass. Like, he is a her. stern boy. He is mad. He said, who gave you permission to come back home? He plays Dommy Daddy well, but there's nothing that backs that up. He's a brat. We all know this. He's a tsundere. Yes, 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 yes. Japanese for brat. Oh, yes. that That's valid, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and my second favorite part of this episode, Mom, mm-hmm. instead of going, Hey, what are you doing? Why are you pulling on my daughter? Immediately goes up to him and starts yanking on his ears and goes... She starts with the, hey, what are you doing? She goes, hey, stop right there. And then she does it. So it's like a bait and switch. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I mean. Mm -hmm. Instead of being like, "Um, don't touch my daughter. But I think that's a good inclination. What is the word I want? Indication. Indication of mom's flexibility. Sure. Because, oh, this is the person that my daughter was telling us about that I didn't really think was real. And now he's here and I'm verifying that he's real. And okay. He's real. Okay. I mean, wouldn't you also go for the ears? <laughs> I don't know. Like, in that situation, mm-hmm. if I was the mom, mm-hmm. no. I'd be like, get out of my house. <laughs> but I'm not an A shonen anime. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I didn't notice it in the subbed, but in the dubbed, Inuyasha's making whining noises while they touch his ears. Oh. He's very upset, and I don't know if it's just because it's happening. <laughs> 
and like he doesn't like the feeling or if he's perturbed that like his authority has been ignored probably a good combo of both mm-hmm. but yeah i wonder if he likes it at all mm-hmm. the world may never know hmm. we'll have to we'll, we'll put a pin in that one yeah but yeah, so as this chaos is happening, uh, one little hair comes in. And, Whatever that uh, weird noise. Of course, she can't see it. Nobody can see it except for Kagome. Mm-hmm. And it tightens, tightens around her hand. It's a really neat little effect. It's very, very quiet that it tightens around her and takes just that one drop of blood. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. It's a good choice. Yeah. Grandpa sees the blood and it's like, oh God, it's happening. Mm-hmm. And then she holds out the hair and is like, it's here. No one can see it. And she quickly realizes it's Yura's hair, which means that it must have come through the well. And she runs to investigate further and finds that indeed a lot of hair is coming through the well. Hair tentacles. <laughs> this is the first time that Inu Yasha actually recognizes that Kokomi has like special powers yes he's like oh i guess fine maybe you can't see things but also he followed her and then positioned himself to lean against the door to say that he's such a he's such a butthole (laughs) grandpa and soda and later on we see mom um run after her and this surprised me she closes the doors on them and says don't come in so she's her inclination is always to protect Mm -hmm. i really like that about her that's that's showing through here i did think that she could have told them anything about what was going on but yeah but she dealt with us for three days and already none of grandpa's stuff has been working sota doesn't have any powers and mom is mom so what are you gonna do true true she at least knows she has some abilities and inuyasha has more abilities so she's put him in there with her and all she's doing is holding the door closed the entire time until she gets up but yeah she is she's just providing a barrier to protect her family she's you know doing the it's right there Mm -hmm. style fighting and inuyasha can't see it but apparently you can hear it his ears do react to (laughs) the noise of the hair moving around yeah he's fighting by sound basically at this point and he's still not doing a great job because he gets grabbed yes we should have done a counter on how many times he gets hogtied or somebody gets hogtied in this this uh uh i did not I count i guess it wouldn't be hogtied it would be uh strung up well this is the first time right okay he gets tied up kind of restrained and kagome realizes there's a taut hair that is not acting the same as the others and realizes this must be the one that's controlling them all yes and she indicates that Inuyasha should cut it and once again confirms like she didn't realize before that he can not actually see it. Right, right. Exactly. She's like, okay, ugh, I'll cut my hand again. Yeah, exactly. Which, again, I really enjoyed that. I didn't see it the first like two times that I watched it. I thought she was just catching the light. Yeah. And then I saw the little leaky blood and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's cool. I like it. Yeah, it is so dark and the gleam they have on the strands that it's distracting upwards mm-hmm. and then you hardly see the down mm-hmm. dribble it is a cool effect in either direction you know whether she's catching the light or she's dribbling blood on it it makes sense that he would see it one way or the other it's but... definitely uh the blood because in the yeah. manga it's negative space basically like mm-hmm. they show outline light mm-hmm. but they don't actually draw the line 
And then you see blood just floating in midair. Oh, that's cool. And that's the only panel that actually shows it from, like, Inuyasha's perspective. Because the rest of the time it's from Kagome's, which is how we can see the hair. hair. Yeah. I I meant to say earlier when they cut the hair originally, it keeps moving and it looks really creepy. Mm -hmm. And then when Inuyasha clips the main hair, Mm -hmm. it all falls down, which is... And evaporates or dissolves. Yeah, well, it, like, slurps back into the well. Some of it does, but the ones that are on him just kind of, like, disintegrate. Yeah, well, like, somebody else later on. Uh, Kagome starts to wonder why Yura is still after them when she has the shard and realizes that she must be after them personally for some reason. And Kagome straightens her shoulders and is like, we gotta go back. And Inuyasha makes fun of her for leaving in the first place. Yeah. And she's like, I don't want to go back. I have to go back because my family. And there's this little <laughs> beat of silence from him that I'm like, oh, I think he heard that. You know, I think mm-hmm. he heard that as a little bit of bravery. Yeah. And I think that's what earns her the kimono on her head. I know. I think it's really, really nice. But yeah, he drapes the kimono made from the hair of the fire rat mm-hmm. to give her protection. And he implies that it's not normal armor it's stronger than normal armor Mm. and she thanks him and he gets a little awkward and is like yeah well if you weren't so weird looking you wouldn't even need it in the sub sub, he goes you look like you have really weird skin i was like bitch fuck off i love her retort you should talk dog boy (sighs) yeah yeah whatever and then they jump in together yeah Hmm? And then we get to see my my girlfriend, my dolly mommy. Yeah. With a cool red skull held between her beautiful boobs. Yeah. That filled the entire screen. I just need that one sound clip of the crab from Bees and Puppy. Cleavage. Cleavage, dude. <laughs> In the manga, she's brushing hair uh, of one skull and as it happens you see the hair go out and in the next panel she does it again and it joins with the rest of the hair so you're kind oh, of seeing like how making the hair. yeah i really appreciate that because i was really like i had to force myself not to think about that yeah uh like the somehow the comb putting the hair like putting going through the hair puts the hair together into one giant strand. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of attention to like answering questions before they're asked in the manga, mm-hmm. I feel like, be- versus the anime that's just like, don't worry about it. There also seems to be a little more trust in the manga with the audience. Yeah. Which we'll get to it. There's a part with the English translation that it's like, you just don't trust your audience, do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so from a beautiful girlfriend, we go to. My third favorite part of this <laughs> episode, which is this dumb bitch. How dare you? I mean, this beautiful old soul babbling to herself like an idiot. She is lecturing Inuyasha. From the middle of the woods. He might still be around. She doesn't know. She's sure talking mm-hmm. like, like he is. Mm-hmm. I was dying. Like, mm-hmm. her just be like... I do have a sad thing to inform you. That doesn't happen in the manga. None of the cuts to Kaede happen. You don't even know if she gets rescued at the end. (laughs) When do we see her again? Is she back in that village? Yeah, by the next chapter when stuff finally happens. But 
Well, it was a good gag. And yeah. I'm glad they did it in the anime. Yeah. There you go. There's much to be gained from both. I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm not picking sides. I like both. I've, I've been enjoying both. Same. For different reasons. Mm-hmm. We go back to the well. She comes out and tells uh, tells him about Yura and says that she has the jewel shard. He goes ballistic and she mm-hmm. just like fucking ignores him and I love her for that. Yeah, she's got important things to do, like notice which hair to follow. Mm-hmm. In the manga, uh, the hair actually attacks them in the oh. well and forces them out. And then they start following it that way. We go to the bonfire and a bunch of dudes got shot with arrows and are missing their heads. Did they have arrows in them or yeah. were there just arrows around? No, one of them is being held to the tree with an arrow through his body. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm making that up. I wasn't paying attention to that, but maybe one of them lost their head and the other started attacking because they don't know what it is. But this is the part I was just talking about. In the English dub, Inuyasha refers to them as men from the village, but they're not. They're not. They're like ancient. They're wearing armor, which the villager men are farmers and they've only been wearing kimonos. These guys are wearing battle gear and they have swords and arrows and all the things in the sub. They refer to them as warriors. Warriors. Yeah. Uh, in the manga, they refer to them as samurais. Either way, they are some kind of fighter yeah. that were camping for the night and accidentally got caught up in the hair. So why? Because I not guess... Not only now, but later, he I calls th- them guys from the village. I think it was just... It doesn't make sense for there to be random warriors to an English audience because we don't know about the warring states. Um, and the fact that random samurai and bandits would just... Be in the woods? Yeah. yeah. Hiding. I'm, except that that literally just happened two episodes ago right. with the bandits that kidnapped Kagome. But we forget. So obviously they're men from the village that were camping for some reason. And not in the village. Mm-hmm. I Always. do that. I camp in my adjacent park. All the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially in a world that's infested by demons that are constantly trying to kill you. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. She grabs a bow. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, she's laying, like kneeling down and he's like, Oh, you scared? Giving her shit. And I'm just like, leave her alone. You want to go back home? And the sub, she's, he's like, what are you depressed? And I'm like, fuck off. But no, she's getting a bow and quiver and just says, let's fucking roll. And I love her for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even though she still doesn't know how to shoot a bow and arrow. Yeah. But somehow she thinks that she can, um, she says in the next scene. It's an interesting moment because, like, she says that and she clutches his little shoulder and he, like, looks at it and he's like, well, maybe she can do it. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, He's starting to be a little impressed by her. Right. He's beginning to develop maybe some respect. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Mm-hmm. I did want to point out that when Kagome picks up the bow and arrow in the manga and in the sub, she thinks about how, I think in the manga it specifically says, did this happen when I went home? If I had stayed, would this not have happened? So she is kind of taking responsibility for the fact. Hi, Avery here, letting you know that we once again had a little technical failure We got my new laptop the following week. We shouldn't have this problem again, you know, knock on wood, stuff happens, but hopefully we're all clear going forward. The part that got cut out was mostly just the transition from getting the bow and arrow in the woods to getting into Yura's 
hair layer, um, which is basically just a gigantic hairball floating in midair that all of the hair is stemming from. So we basically just talked about how Inuyasha and Kagome are getting chased by hair. They come up over a rise and down into the canyon that has the hair ball. Um, literally, Kagome calls it a hairball. And then from there, uh, Inuyasha gets his ass caught and we pick up from there. And we, he gets tied up. Yeah, I wrote, uh, bound and spread wide in midair. Wow. <laughs> you went there and I, I, I appreciate that. I think it's called like a St. James or a St. John. <laughs> what is it? James sounds right, but I don't know. Either way, he's spread (laughs) midair, which gotta be funny for him because he can't see the hair. So he's just like floating like a doll. (laughs) That must suck. It does. It looks better with the hair, I'm sure. It, yeah. I said, you're looking cute against the moon. Mm. Speaking of the moon, I'm no chill, guys. I'm so sorry. Two days ago, it was full. Two days ago, it was full. And in the manga, it's not as waned as it is in the anime and also that is an extreme crescent you just scoop out the middle right there boys like an ice cream scoop yeah but it does look nice it it does look really cool but two days well two days (laughs) how's the lunar cycle working now it's inaccurate inuyasha it has to be a little more accurate than that Yura starts calling him Doggy, and again, I'm like... Oh, yeah, they introduce themselves, mm-hmm. and in the dubbed, she does an excellent job of calling him Doggy and Puppy and all sorts of cutesy names that he just hates. Yes, it's really great. They yeah. say, uh, I heard through the grapevine that you're playing fetch with a shrine maiden or something, and he's like, me with her? The English implication sounds so dirty. Mm-hmm. Yes. In the Japanese, it says he's serving her or like yeah, doing... Um, seeing her at her bidding or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And in the manga, they refer to it as a pet. And he gets very upset Which about that. It's pretty funny. Also, I love the idea of gossiping demons. Yeah, and that's the other thing is she calls them Onis, and that's where I got confused because Kagome is in the next panel, and she goes, Onis? You mean ogres? And that's why I thought she was referring to herself as an ogre when, in fact, she was referring to herself as an Oni. Oh. Which is the same thing in some translations, but she's not an ogre. No, she's not. No. She's really pretty. Yeah. And ogres aren't. Also, but she's a cone. <laughs> Onis can also be demons. What? <laughs> But we'll talk more about that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's like continually wrapping him up in hair and then comes behind him and starts criticizing his hair routine. First, it's so pretty, but you got split ends, darling. Mm-hmm, this bitch. And he turns to like backhand her or just like push her away and she delicately falls and then she does a flip and another flip and she lands on her tightrope hair, falls down a little bit more and then zoop with she's a sword out. Bad. She tries to gut him. She doesn't quite, but she tries. It looks like she could have gotten mm-hmm. the dick, but she just gets him across the chest. Yes. Which is very sportsmanlike of her. Yes. In the manga, the sword has a name. It's called Crimson Mist. Mm, I just saw that, yeah. And she refers to it as her Oni's Joy. It severs flesh and bone without harming hair. Which is not mentioned in any way, shape, or form in the anime, but... No. Again, 
I like the little details in the manga that are like... But that would explain why she's not afraid of slicing exactly this way to get his head. Because she's not going to hurt the hair no matter what she does. Right. You know there's a lot of people that read manga and then go, well, what about this? Mm-hmm. And they were like, no. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not going to deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't cut hair. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, she comes up. She licks his blood off of the sword and says, I'm going to cut you into little pieces now. Yes, mommy. Yes. And then we go to commercial. And she does it again. And she does it again, which I enjoyed it both times, so I didn't care. I didn't. <laughs> I think I must have when I was a kid. Like, ooh, that's interesting. Somehow, you know. But now it's just like, so much bacteria. (laughs) (laughs) We are survivors of the COVID pandemic. But she's hot, so I don't care. Okay. Knife play, blood play. Also, she licks lower. There's no blood there. It's all for show. Uh, She jumps to strike and nearly gets hit by an arrow from Kagome. Kagome actually almost hit her. Yeah. She looks like Little Red Riding Hood. She does. She's so cute. Her wearing the fur of the fire rat robe is probably my favorite thing. And they don't do it very often, but when they do... It looks so good. She's so so cute. cute. So good. It's oversized. It it has big wearing my boyfriend's hoodie vibes. What? (laughs) I'm sorry. A squee almost came? (laughs) Just filled me with so much happiness. I love you. Thanks. Wait, did you just say thanks to me saying I love you? Fuck you. <laughs> Ow. I love you too. I didn't mean it like that. Ow. I, I read it as, yes, yes, poor you. We have to continue. <laughs> sorrow, sorrow. Oh, I'm saying I love you. Okay. I'm so glad we're doing this podcast with you. Or that I'm doing this podcast with you. And then you said thank you. I'm sorry. I got nervous because I mentioned something real. Anyway. <laughs> Euro basically is like, yeah, I guess I'll take your hair too if you're going to be a bitch about it. And Even though it's not as pretty. Even though it sucks. And Kagomi's like, I have shampoo and conditioner depending on whether I'm watching the sub or the dub. Yeah. And she gets mad and shoots another arrow and it almost hits Inuasha and it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but then it goes squish into the hair nest and it somehow just like evaporates the whole hair nest. So she hit the sweet spot. What I am interpreting this as is Kagome's spiritual power isn't strong enough to manifest outside of the arrow yet, which Kikyo's will see at some point. When she fires her arrows, the whole arrow is almost engulfed in a pink light and then it spreads out. Mm-hmm. Kagome's arrows appear normal, but when they strike, they purify. So that is her. That's what's happening. Yeah, that's still her power, but it's not strong enough to manifest outside of the arrow for people to see it. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because so. Kaede kind of says that. She says she is Kikyo's reincarnation and she doesn't know the power she has mm-hmm. and she's unable to wield it, which is why she needs Inuyasha. Yes. So. that's That tracks. Because mm-hmm. I was just like, oh. What a lucky shot for her, but it's actually, like, basically undoing the demonic power. Yes. Okay. Any time Kagome's arrow is in her hand and she uses it in any form, she can purify with it. Got it. Cool. I mean, her touch itself purifies, but Kagome's not aware of her own abilities yet. Sure. I mean, that's fair. 
Mm-hmm. She's been going through a lot. Yeah. So yeah, a bunch of skulls pour out of the hair nest. Mm-hmm. Again, we have that line that's like, it's the men from the village that we saw in the forest. And it's like, come on. <laughs> uh, that line is in the manga. And the only reason it makes sense for him to recognize the warriors is because they still have skin on. He recognizes the warriors. And so instead of saying in this sub, he says those were the rogue warriors mm-hmm. we saw in the woods. Yeah. In the manga, he says those are the rogue samurai we saw in the woods, but they have skin on. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. They're gotcha. fresh kills. Mm-hmm. That sounds gory and I love it. Yeah. I'm going to have to reread The manga right. is hella bloody. Yeah. I remember. I remember enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, Yura turns to Inuyasha and informs him that he will soon be joining the men in the nest, but first she has to take care of Kagome, and in the Japanese version, she says, you scare me, so die. Yeah. And she uses her comb and produces demon fire to burn Kagome to death and says, There, hot enough for you. You'll feel the heat right down to your bones. Help me! That's for emptying out my lair. Pity there'd be nothing left but ash. Which, it was kind of funny in the the sub. It was like, and she'll be left with no bones. I was like... (laughs) Yeah. It's not exactly right. Because I was just imagining a jellyfish cooking (laughs) away. But yeah, I I like the hot enough for ya. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then she follows that up with another one-liner of... Poor thing. I'd almost forgot. Hats ought never be allowed to outlive their masters. Which is a funny line. And she only says that because in the dubbed, Inuyasha goes, Come on. Come on. He doesn't say anything like that in the other versions. Kind of weird, but funny. Yeah. Maybe hinting at him like i just started to kind of like her exactly exactly like dude that's a little overkill don't you think i just started respecting her i I gotta start all over (laughs) i wrote that he wounds himself and casts a spell meaning he's officially a blood hunter no (laughs) (laughs) he dips his claws in the chest wound that yura has already created yes and which has to hurt. It does. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He wounds himself. And he pulls them out, covered in blood. And, and he has a spell with his blood. He does so his blood hunter. second attack. And his specialty is demons. Blades of blood. Blades of blood. Mm-hmm. Which, very, like, dramatic. It is. I, I assume it's one of his moves. It is. That's the second attack. He has... Iron Reaper, Soul, soul Stealer. Stealer. <laughs> Iron Reamer, Soul Steamer. It's Soul Stealer always, but the first part is the part I was confused with. <laughs> Did you ever figure that out? No, leave me alone. <laughs> we'll see if anyone emails or something. I know, I can't wait, guys. We'll see if anyone actually listens to this podcast. Someone, someone help us. <laughs> We're doing as much research as we can, but I'm so confused. The spell cuts off her whole hand. Yeah, he must have not rolled very high, because like, out of the four yeah. claws, only one hits? Yes, exactly. Uh, it's miss, miss, miss. Yeah. Barely hit. Pretty clean cut, right on the edge of her cuff. And not a lot of blood. Except uh, in the manga, it's cut more at an angle. Mm-hmm. And lots of blood. That's nice. a bloody stump. I remember that. Yeah. Because I remember she was like covered in blood by the end of it. Yeah. And she 
says a joke about how he needs to treat her like a lady and makes the skulls laugh at She's him. She's a built-in audience. Yeah. What a, what a queen. Uh, but because her hand has fallen, Inuyasha is partially freed a little bit. The hairs loosen around him. And Yura uses the comb to send the skulls to attack him and he begins to punch them, not realizing that Yura is actually puppeting her own hand with the sword to attack him again. Who says heads up? I f- I feel Somebody like says heads I up. I feel like it had to be him. It, it looks pretty cool when the skulls like go after her and stuff, but um, yeah, she she gets to us. Yeah, we she misses the first time, and then she stabs him through the back the second time after he tries to attack her again, and forces him to the ground, pinning him, and then roughly removing the sword, which gotta hurt. Mm. And then she magically reattaches it mm-hmm. to her hand, like to her wrist, mm-hmm. using hair magic? Hair magic. You know, hair magic. And then, you know what else is cut art? Mm. She says, half demon, half power. Mm. Rub and salt, my wound. And we hear, once a- <laughs> we hear once again that it's very obvious to other demons, at least, that Inuyasha must have wanted the jewel to become full demon. So that is repeated by an outside source that doesn't know him. So it's almost an obvious plot, well, I guess. we also have learned that demons are gossipy bitches. That's so true. Maybe it's just <laughs> everyone talks about everyone. Yes. And then she goes to cut his head off, mm-hmm. this time using her left hand, even though her right hand was the original one she was using the sword with, but that was the one she cut off. You want to know why? Yes. In the manga... Her hand doesn't come back on, so she has to switch hands to cut. (laughs) Yeah, so she goes to cut, and he lunges forward and punches his hand through her chest, through her spine. It's a great shot. That went through her sternum. Whole business. And he rips it out, and the jewel comes falling down, and he falls back to the ground thinking, ha ha, I've won. And she stomps on his hand. Like a good dummy mommy. In the manga, his hand goes through bloody comes out as a fist because he's holding the jewel, puts his hand down to steady himself. She stabs him in the hand with the sword and then uses a hair fall- like strand to pull the bag with the jewel out. So much blood everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and she chastises him for touching her chest. She says, that's fucking uncool. Yeah. Like, not, not, not cool, dude. You haven't even bought me dinner. And now she's become cross. Mm. Now I, I have, have become, become cross. cross. It looks like she's about to do do him in, but then she feels a little boop boop on her hairs. Tug tug. Yep. And guess who? Kagumi. Yeah. She's climbing the call on my hair. She's trying it out. She's trying to do the hero shit. And for the first time, we see Yura start to sweat. Mm. She's getting very nervous. And Inuyasha grabs her sword that is on the ground. Slash in his hand. Yeah, in the manga, he pulls it out and repositions. Hardcore. And he slices her in half in the anime. In the mm-hmm. manga, it's just a slice. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually cut all the I way really through I really like her. the diagonal full slice. And then before she can shift the hair repairing her, it's a cool mm-hmm. touch. Um, but it's also annoying what? in the fact that they don't fix the hole in her. Yeah. If you're going to go through the pr- trouble of stitching her all the way back together, why didn't you stitch the hole? And it's because in the manga, it's just a scratch down her back. They didn't have to. She has everything still on her by the end. Inuyasha points out 
that before when he cut off her hand, it was like she broke a nail. But now that Kagome's climbing her hair, she's really nervous. And Kagome yells that there's a red skull that seems to have something in it or attached to it. And Yura completely freaks out and goes for her. Yeah, I was just like, bitch, shut up. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I get it, like, I understand why she did it, but I was just like... But Inuyasha breaks free. Yes. Very, not very easily, but quickly, because the hair doesn't hurt him. But is held back by unseen hair as Yura strikes and collects Kagome, traps Mm -hmm. Kagome. In the manga and the Japanese version, they refer to it as a hair cage a little bit. And instead in English, he says, you're tangling my hair. (laughs) <laughs> she tries to do uh kagome in and the again the kimono the fire rat protects her mm-hmm. it's not an explanation or anything but it sure said it said like it <laughs> i have a little research on it that might oh. shed some light on it and why japanese people might be a little more knowledgeable about it than us mm-hmm. uh, inuyasha's red fire rat rope can ultimately be tracked to early misconceptions about asbestos a mineral with white silky fibers and salamanders an amphibious creature with a lizard-like body plan as early as the fourth to third century bce some ancient greek writers believed that naturally moist nature of the salamander allowed it to resist or even douse flames such writings arrived in china nearly a thousand years later and in arab countries centuries later the chinese associated stories of salamanders with asbestos fibers to derive legends of furry fire retardant creatures most often described as a rat chinese sources from the 4th century CE onward claimed that large rodents lived on a fiery island or volcano to the east of the Middle Kingdom, and that its long hairs, a few inches to several feet, could be woven into a fireproof cloth. One even mentions the creature's hide resisting the blows of weapons, alluding to the possible use as armor. A 7th century Buddhist encyclopedia mentioned an asbestos cassock, um, suggesting that the material was used to make actual robe. Stories of the robe and the fire wrap most likely spread to Japan during a long period of religious and secular cultural exchanges taking place from the 7th to the 10th century. The concept of the fire rat robe was immortalized in the tales in the 9th and early 10th centuries in the Japanese legend, The Tale of the Bamboo Cutter. The story sees a celestial princess turned beautiful woman maiden as she sends an unwanted suitor on an impossible mission to retrieve such a garment from China. The robe in the story is blue, but most likely influenced the creation of Inuyasha's red robe from the manga and the anime, the color change was no doubt a stylistic choice by the creators Rumiko Takahashi. Cool. Yeah, so the whole huh. first part of the article goes into the Greco-Roman stuff and how Plato was pretty sure that if you took the skin from a salamander, you could walk through fire. Yeah, I've definitely 
I'm definitely aware of salamander iconography and mythology. So it seems like it either was a, a translation problem or they were just like, oh, but asbestos looks like fur mm-hmm. and rats have fur. So <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. It makes me think that it might have been like almost like a fairy tale mm-hmm. and then brought into like, oh, what if these things actually existed? Yeah. That's really cool. I like that. Thank you. You're that, welcome. Um, makes me less annoyed <laughs> by yeah. a long shot. So the bamboo cutter is a very famous tale mm-hmm. and even has become a Miyazaki film. Not a Miyazaki, but a Studio Ghibli film. Oh, really? Which I watched in preparation for this. Is it good? Uh, yes. I cried several times. Really? Yes. Is it called the bamboo cutter? It's called Princess Kaguya, which is her name, but... Her name translates into something about bamboo. It's a play on words because she literally was a thumb-sized girl found in glowing bamboo. He cut it, found this girl, went to take her home. And as he did so, she transformed into a baby and then grew normally, but quickly and grew into a very beautiful woman that anybody who heard about her or saw her fell in love. And so five... Uh, lords of the land approach her to marry her and she doesn't want to get married. She's like, I just want to live my life. I want to enjoy being human. Can you fuck off? And in the movie they compare her to mythical objects as saying she's a treasure and if they were ever able to obtain her as a wife they would treat her like this treasure. And she very smartly goes, if I'm as good as these treasures you speak of, I would like to see them so I know what you're comparing me to, to know your depth of love. So go get them. <laughs> Knowing that most of them are mythical things or things that people haven't actually ever seen. Right. And in the tale, the man who gets assigned the fur of the fire rat sends somebody else to go collect it and he pays them a great fortune to have it brought back. And he's so confident that it is the fur of the fire rat that she goes, okay, if it's supposed to be this fur, throw it in the fire to prove that it's not going to burn. And he does it because he believes it's real and it catches fire mm. and he spent his entire fortune on it. Okay. Yeah. I will, uh, I will be checking that movie out. Mm-hmm. That sounds cool. Anyway, uh, Yura claims that Gome is just human and goes to try to strangle her with her hair. Mm-hmm. Again, the hair strands somehow get around Kagome's ha- neck without messing up her hair. Yes. So I just give up on the logic. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Look at us. We're fine. We're fine. That's <laughs> um, what I wanted. It's fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine. fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, Inuyasha comes at her mm-hmm. and saves our girl. He makes a critical hit. He does, finally. He finally runs okay. <laughs> Finally, finally. The line goes slack and Kagomi's about to fall and she starts to faint and he wrecks her shit. He's like, don't you faint on me, you stupid girl. And in the sub, he's like, I can't be looking after you all the time. It's like, dude, that's like a hundred foot drop. In the manga, he literally says, like you pass out and i'm not helping you <laughs> jesus this is so brutal uh in the manga as well he cuts off her other arm he doesn't oh. fully eviscerate her he just slices the arm gotcha 
Which has the same effect because now so they're... she's now to zero hands. She's now to zero hands, down a full arm almost, has nothing to hold the hair, so that's why it falls. Has a hole through her chest and a slash down her back. And yet she persevered. Yeah. Somehow she was still controlling her uh, sword, even without anything. Because he gets straight up stabbed in the chest again. Yes. But he pushed Kagome out of the he way. He did. It was very sweet. That only happens in the anime. It's fine. in the manga she literally aims for him and misses kagome so well yeah i appreciate the intent yeah i appreciate the show shipping them Mm -hmm. and half a second later kagome is just stabbing the red school with an arrow repeatedly and it actually works yes really great and we see her power as it breaks the comb and dispels the demon energy. Now I understand why it glowed like that. Yeah. Yep, that tracks. Because mm-hmm. it looked really go- gorgeous. I mean, it looks good. Um, but it just didn't, I didn't know why it was doing that. You could argue whether or not that was the demon energy coming out or Kagome's spiritual power forcing it to break. But either way, yeah, totally. it's cool. And uh, yeah, the comb inside the skull breaks and... Our girl disappears into fairy dust. Mm-hmm. Sword falls down. Um, clothes fall down. Clothes fall down. I was surprised that Kagome didn't go snag. Because <laughs> she would look good in that. Mm. She's a little... Young. Yeah. Mm. It's fine. <laughs> um, and here's a nice time for my little research. Yay! I'm really excited about this this week. So um, I didn't know what I would be looking at because I thought I went in looking for like hair demons in Japanese culture because that's my reference point for this whole storyline is I really like watching Japanese horror and Japanese, you know, folklore inspired stuff. And so like my reference point is this tradition of this trope of this, you know, vengeful woman who is attacking with sentient hair or sentient mm-hmm. hair. But I wasn't, I was kind of hitting dead ends. It didn't really line up with anything that was, that was deer related. Mm-hmm. But what I found out is that the comb, the comb inside of the skull, is most likely a reference to Tsukumogami, Tsukumogami, which means tool spirit, toolgami, tool spirit, which is a Japanese folklore entity that was really popular in the Japanese medieval times, Mm. the feudal era. And it was basically this concept that if an object or tool is around, kept around by a single owner for a hundred years, then it gains life Mm. and evolves into a yokai and turns into basically a demon and starts causing trouble. So there is this idea of an object would become occupied by a spirit after a hundred years, so people would throw out old objects before they became a hundred years old, which was called susuharai. Um, it was like this tradition of throwing them out before they got mm. too old, so that they wouldn't like gain a personality, basically. It was a really, really popular folklore in the medieval times, and then it declined more recently. So it was like they probably found this in researching medieval folklore in japan Mm -hmm. and we're like oh that's that's a fun way to spin that but yeah like this comb would have been a tsukumogami that had been used as a tool to comb the hair of the dead Mm -hmm. when the comb gained sentience after being around and being used for that purpose for a hundred years 
then of course she's going to be a hair fetishist. <laughs> yes. Who uses hair in As a, very a weapon. dangerous and chaotic way. Uh, the subversion I was listening to earlier mm-hmm. referred to it, Inuyasha refers to it as an embalmer's comb used to comb the hair of the deceased. Mm-hmm. And I wondered, did embalmers exist in feudal era Japan? Or is that like a mistranslation using modern day text? That's a really interesting question. I do not know. Okay. That'd be a fun research project for me. And in the manga, he just claims that Yura hid her soul in the comb. Yeah. Right. Like she was a normal demon, but she hid it there to make herself immortal. I think it makes more sense with the background that I found. Yes. Like no. She like gained so much power that she like made herself a little body. Mm-hmm. Like this comb made herself a little body. That explains her body dissolving more than anything. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like that. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she, they say she wasn't a hair demon, she was a comb, mm-hmm. and that uh, she didn't use the comb so much as they used her. Yeah, and as he's explaining, Inuyasha winces in pain and kind of falls, and Kagome. And Kagome like realizes that he's hurt because she was wearing his robe, and he's like, it's nothing, what about the jewel? Because that's the only thing this boy cares about, single-minded. And they get the jewel, and everything's fine, and Inuyasha says... Let's go, Kagome. Saying her name, finally, for the first time. She's like, what? What did you say? (laughs) He's like, what? (laughs) You must like me a little bit more. And he goes, fuck you. (laughs) And she gets his ass. It's so funny. He, like, pats him on the shoulder, like, swats him, and he just, like, crumples. Leave me alone. (laughs) I love it so much. (laughs) Yeah, the stuff she said, he says, shut up. And yeah. leave me alone is so much funnier. He says, shut up in the manga, too. But he, she says something about, it makes me think that we're becoming friendlier. And he goes, oh, yeah, I've always wanted a friend that's stupid and weak. And that's when she's like, if I'm so weak, then how did I do that? And that's when she hits him and oh, he falls. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy that. <laughs> and then, at least in the anime, we cut to... <laughs> This poor woman continuing to babble to herself in the woods. And prays that Inuyasha will come back to save her. Don't you dare forget when you buried me. <laughs> the poor sneeze. And that's the episode. Yeah, that's the episode. Yeah, I like it. I, I think it's a really fun one. It creates this expectation of where this show is going to head, which is cool. Two things real fast. Please. Uh, I'm a nerd. Please. I counted how many times Kagome says his name in this episode. Oh, how many? Ten. Ten times? <laughs> in both the, the English and the Japanese, it's ten times. Wow. Yeah. Mm. To his one. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So the ratio is a little off at the moment. A little. But, but keep, keep going. Yeah. I mean, Are you going to keep the tally? I'm trying. You're trying? <laughs> and this is Kagome's first kill. Oh, I girl. thought for a second that she, I was like, no, she killed the crow. But Inuyasha did give the final swipe at the head. Yes, so true. this is Kagome's actual first kill. I'm so proud of her. Mm-hmm. First blood. Yeah. First uh, fairy, fairy dust. Do you remember what you said at the end of episode two about the next part of the arc i don't remember anything that i say ever okay you said that you thought it was gonna coasting get kind of dull for a little bit oh yeah no that wasn't right (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, wrong prediction. I, I'm, I like this mm-hmm. art quite a bit. So what do you think about the next one, maybe? What do you think? Um, I think we're going to leave the area. I think that's my prediction. Okay. Is that we're going to go off on the road. I think we're finally going to start the journey to find so. the shards. Yeah, I think that some foot footsteps will be taken purposefully away from the village. That or we'll go back to the present day and sort out how she's going to deal with her family. Mm-hmm. One of those two. Okay. Hey, Alyssa. Yeah. Are you thirsty? A little. I'm so thirsty. I know you this are. Is You're so very thirsty. <sighs> it's pretty obvious who I'm taking. Who? I'm taking your... <gasps> so she can throw... No, I'm sorry. She's going to cut me. Then she's going to throw lemonade at me. Mm-hmm. And then she'll throw salt at me. And then she'll call me a little wimpy girl. And she'll... I'll say, thank you. She made you a margarita. It's she made fine. me a margarita. And I'll go. You know, I went back and forth. Originally, I was like, I don't know why. I, I have no reason to, but I was like, Kagome's mom. That's going to be my safe bet. I'm going to take Kagome's mom. That's fair. Because she's, got a great haircut. she's finally here. Yes. I'm so excited she, to meet her. <laughs> and I enjoy Kagome's mom as a person. And then while we were watching this last time, I was like, you know what? Kanani's kind of struggling. She really needs somebody to pick her up <laughs> and help her. A pity date. <laughs> And then I saw Inuyasha's little face as he struggled to figure out what Yura's weakness is. And he's just so cute when he's trying to think. <laughs> I might have to go back with my boy. That's okay. There's no limits, no rules. No limits. Just right. Okay. Yeah. I'm picking Inuyasha again. All right. So we're going to have to start keeping... Well, I know you're keeping track of us. Yeah. Uh, our lemonade stand. Maybe we'll do like a... Uh, brackets at the end. A bracket? Okay. <laughs> Except that most of, like, half of the lemonade stand is going to be just Inuyasha. It's Kagome. So, yeah. Just wait till we get other characters. I'm excited. Oh, this next episode. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Okay, I'm excited. Yeah, talk about oh. mommies. Oh. <laughs> like, we'll mommy? see. Okay. Like, mommy? Sorry. Mommy, sorry. <laughs> Guys, thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. In two weeks, we'll be picking back up with episode five. Is that right? Uh, yes. Yeah, right? Jesus. Yeah, we'll be picking up next week or next time with episode five. Yes. Sorry, I was trying to figure out when this is coming out in relation. And this should come out after Christmas and New Year's. Yes. Hope you have- in two weeks. I hope you will have... Have had holidays. Seasons greetings. Joy to all. You can find us anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. Uh, we have a video of our podcast up on YouTube yeah, for somehow. We got a YouTube video. I am having the thing we're using to upload the podcast. I don't remember what it's called. The RSS. RSS. Make a transcription so you can also read. If I have to go through and edit it, I haven't yeah, done that read. yet, but. It's shaky, but we'll we'll make it good. So if you can't hear us, you can read us. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't know. I, like I shouldn't be this person. <laughs> 
You can send us emails at sitboycast at gmail.com. You can send us questions, requests, feedback, all sorts of fun stuff there. And you can find us on Instagram and Tumblr at sitboycast. Yes, because we still use Tumblr, baby. Yeah! Let's go! And we're trying to stay away from Twitter, so. Fuck. I mean, X. Whatever. Whatever. And we're too tired. We're too old and tired to do anything else. There's a lot of other things we could be doing. We're not doing them. We'll do them eventually. Mm. Maybe. My sisters do this for a living. So my mom was like, why aren't you? Like, because I'm not trying to bother them. But eventually. We'll see. I might. If if anyone listens to this podcast and we'll talk about it. Okay. (laughs) I'm Alyssa. And I'm Avery. Until next time. See you soon. According to Nick, I get meaner at night. Good. It'll be funnier. He called it uh, soon downing. Instead of sundowning, I get more soon dairy. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's later. I'm stealing that. Okay, good.